What's up, guys? Welcome to Roaring Podcast, where we interview experts in tech and product management, providing insights and tips on how to digitize and automate your business processes. My name is Jesper Kask, and I'm your host. This time, we're joined by Babel Poli, Senior Product Manager at Free Trade, a stock market trading app with more than 1.3 million users. We talk about Free Trade's story, customer needs and continuous discovery, and why talking to your customers is the single most important thing in product development. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome, Babel. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jesper. Uh, it's f- fantastic being here. Uh, I've listened to a couple of episodes and you've had great guests so far, so I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> Thank you, but but you're the star today, so we'll focus on you. <laughs> uh, you. So so we'll dive right in with with the questions, uh, and and one that I love to to start out with is, what do you love the most about digitization? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a great question uh, because I think like from a customer perspective, that's not usually what people think about is something digitized or not. People are just expecting things to work and, and do that in an intuitive way. But if, if I'm answering from, from my perspective, uh, what I love about digitization is the actually the, the wide impact you can have on your customers. So uh, what technology uh, has done to enable your Spotify's or free trades of the world to, to solve problems at scale. Um, with a digital product, you can much easier distribute uh, your solution or your product to millions and billions over the globe. Uh, and so you're solving once and distributing almost infinite times, which is w- with a physical product, you, it, it rarely allows you to experiment in the same way that you can do with software, basically. Digital products enable you to experiment, iterate at a fast pace, uh, which is key in today's market. It's super competitive out there. Mm. That's a great answer. And, and what's the story behind free trade? Um, it's quite an interesting one. Uh, so our, our mission is to get everyone investing. And we're what some might call a, a neo broker. We're a digitally native stockbroker. And uh, to get everyone investing, uh, we want to do that by democratizing access to, to stock markets. Uh, so everyone can be given the tools to achieve better financial outcomes. Um, and if we're able to help customers achieve their goals, then we've succeeded as a company. And going back to, to like the story behind, our founder, Adam, um, began working in finance around the time of the global financial crisis uh, about 14 years ago. And the, the company he first audited uh, was a stockbroker. And he was amazed by how much they were charging customers for basic services like providing access to the stock markets. Um, and that made him, it made the experience of trying to start investing even more painful, uh, even for someone like him in the finance industry. Uh, so when he actually started investing, he would try to set aside a, a few hundred pounds each month. Uh, this is, he moved from Canada to the UK. Uh, so he started uh, setting aside a few hundred pounds each month in, to, to invest in stocks and shares. Um, but with a commission at that time at, at around 12 pounds per trade, and that made, made it uh, practically impossible to invest each month because mm. he then had to save up for, for a couple of months to be able to just make one transaction worthwhile. Um, and those, those experiences actually led him to, to realize that something was fundamentally missing for retail investors. 
Um, and this was the main reason he decided to, to set up free trade. And uh, on the interesting track, actually, uh, he, the, the first money uh, he actually got in was through uh, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing. Um, so a crowdfunding uh, campaign was set up and there was a huge interest from, from retail investors. Um, uh, and that actually provided much more than, than seed money. It also proved that there was a demand, there was an actual problem to solve. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting way of actually um, funding your company because then you get uh, customers who are also your owners, uh, which kind of puts uh, additional pressure on delivering, on uh, actually solving their problems properly. Uh, and we've since then actually completed uh, six more uh, crowdfunding rounds, which continuously gives us more confidence and we get more ambassadors. And uh, very fun for, for us in Sweden and me working in our Stockholm office uh, is that we actually opened up to Swedish investors to invest in our most recent crowdfunding mm -hmm. round. Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'll just add to that is like having seen some traction with crowdfunding um, gave us some confidence. And now we have actually more than 1.3 million customers, actual free trade users uh, which actually is proof that what we've done so far is to create value and to help them. Um, and we've moved on to, I mentioned Stockholm, having one office, we're in the UK, we have an office in Canada and Australia, and we're really at the brink of expanding internationally right now, uh, having our Swedish beta launched. So we actually have real Swedish customers onboarded as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, that backed by having our Swedish license from the Swedish FSA granted just in February. So mm. exciting times. Yeah, but, and, and how is your solution important in, in terms of the digitization of society? You mentioned sort of the democratizing the access to the stock market. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, uh, sure. So what what digital products can can often do is to improve the user experience a whole lot um if you look at incumbents if you look at at comp our competitors have been doing this for for some times um they're not always there in terms of the user experience that customers nowadays expect um and especially in, in the times we're in um democratizing uh, by using a better or applying a better user experience is to enable more people to understand your product, to, to educate them in a better way, to guide them in an intuitive way, um, to do what we think is a good thing uh, for, the, for them in the long term financially, to start investing every month and building out their, their, their wealth for the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, and speaking of sol you know, solving these customer problems, you obviously tested your, your solution out uh, when, when you started out and, and, and got some traction. Uh, how do you figure out which customer problems exist and how to solve them? And, and you know, even those that might not be known to the customer yet or, or that, that they might not be aware of, how do, how do you go about that? Um, it's a great question. And, and I think what you need, important to keep in mind here is basically to, to focus on the customer. Um, the customer's problems, the customer's needs, desires, um, to continuously uh, talk to customers, to, to observe them um, and try to understand them. 
uh, you can do what we call continuous discovery, uh, which is a set of activities you do to to learn what those problems are, uh, create hypotheses around them, uh, how to how the best way to solve them is, and then go about with low cost or as low as possible, trying to uh, see if you can validate your hypothesis before scaling mm -hmm. that up. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say focus on the customer here. Um, and a misconception is that like a, a lot of people uh, believe that the customers are going to tell you, okay, so I need this product to solve my problem. <laughs> um, but that's, they're kind of keen on doing that, but that's not actually what, why they're going to pay you or use your product. Uh, I believe that rather you figure out what the problem is and solve it in such a way that it creates value for them. And at the same time, creates value for your company because that's what enables us to continue developing our product and, and creating more products. Mm -hmm. um, and and you can do that by creating feedback loops, um, which is one thing I like. Is you can do that by talking to customers. You can um, read what they say about you in different forums. You can um, sit in the customer service department, talk to customers, listen to them, talk to your colleagues who hear these pain points every day. You can follow your app store ratings. Uh, you can look at their behavior when they're using your. There, there are a lot of ways, basically. Um, and I, on the on the experimentation experimentation topic, uh, there's a great example from from Google actually, uh, on how to to launch something that's low cost. Uh, they have this product called Google Ad Service, which at its launch, at its MVP launch, actually was a group of students typing up the the ad copy as the the client would create the ad and and that's very low cost because you haven't put in the engineering efforts to actually uh, build whatever intelligent uh, software you need to produce this copy uh, and that was validated and it's now a successful product and that's the way to go about it i think yeah and, and i think a lot of companies and people talk about sort of this continuous discovery uh, as something hugely important to to implement in your business and and to sort of drive forward uh, development, but what happens to companies who who fail to have that mindset or or fail to do that continuous discovery? Um, you can't really like draw a line and say if they don't, they're <laughs> going to fail uh, because obviously there are a lot of companies out there not doing this properly, um, but. Um, I would say it, it increases the your your um, chances of success uh, with a lot if you do this because this is actually a, a great way to to find what problems do our customers have, uh, what do they want, what do they need, and then continuously trying to solve those for them in the best way. And you experiment on that, you get a hypothesis validated, and then you bring that out to your broader audience, and then you keep track of that continuously. And for us at Free Trade, it's, it's um, essential because uh, we're offering, uh, uh, we're operating on a, with a freemium model, which means we offer our product for free. Uh, so as part of our mission, we're, we're providing our customers with commission-free trading. And for us to be able to do that, we need to ensure that we're spending our time and money on building the right stuff for our customers, solving the right type of problems. And and if you don't, um, it's very hard to see that you last very long, basically, because the customer customers need to get value for their money, basically, need to get value for their attention. Um, so yeah, I would say that's that's the risk of not uh, doing continuous discovery.
Mm. And obviously, you, you, uh, free trade have, have sort of sold a, a process that used to be very analog and manual. You probably went to your bank and sort of uh, spoke to a rep there. You had to book meetings and, and go to a branch and, and, and all that uh, to, to invest in the stock market. And how, how important and how early should you focus on digitization and automation of the different processes that you have or try to build? Is there a crucial point in time where you have just have to go full out automation in your business or what's your take on that? So uh, being in a tech startup or a tech scale up, um, I would say from, from day one, probably not focus on it, but, but consider it definitely because for us, like we're digitally native. So everything we do is, uh, is digital, but um, it, at times when you need to scale something up, it's not viable to have too many processes or too many steps uh, that are not automated, uh, that are not scalable. So, so for us, being able to reach new markets, uh, we can't have each uh, new customer processed by an individual person, but it, a lot of the process has to be automated. But again, you need to think about that in each uh, point in time of the, the product's life cycle. So, uh, Let's say you're, you're launching a new, a new product in a new market. You might be okay with not having the whole process automated. You might be okay to validate your, your hypotheses and, and try out the market and see that you gain traction. And then mm. when you ramp up, you need to, to um, do further automation. So, mm. so yeah, the answer is mind it from day one, focus on it. It's different depending on where in the product lifecycle you are. But I would say it's essential if you want to scale globally. Mm. And you sort of mentioned the, the MVP journey of, of Google Ad service, uh, which is a great yeah. example of how to start off sort of manual just to try out the hypotheses, I guess. Um, and how is being in a, a provider of a financial solution, in a sense, how is innovation affected by increasing compliance requirements in your case? Um, yeah, the, um, the environment that we're in is, is highly regulated, uh, and that's for a lot of reasons, mainly to, to um, ensure that consumers, or for, for many reasons because of consumers, basically, to, to ensure that they have the proper protection and they're handled properly. Um, so you can choose to, to see, it, see it as a as a blocker or as a big obstacle, or you can see it as an opportunity to do something uh, that the competitors might not be able to do. So tackling a problem in a different way. Uh, uh, if I'm going to bring that into our context, I would say um, providing the kind of service we're providing uh, by leveraging better user experience um, is, is one way of doing that, um, but also taking advantage of what new regulation can, can help out us with helping our customers with. Basically, if we look at open banking, um, that's actually regulation that's opened up the market for the consumers to be able to move more freely. And for us as free trade, we can help our customers um, process their payments to us and from us in a much better and secure way than, than previously. So I, I see it as a positive thing. Regulation is, is maybe not always super fun, but it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's the single most important thing? We, we talked a lot about solving the right problems and finding out what the problems are and, and sort of continuously solving them to, to enable growth and, and uh, uh, a better customer experience, I suppose, as well. Uh, what's your best tip or, or do you have a framework in terms of 
how to ensure that you're solving the right problems continuously. Uh, yeah, it's, it sounds a lot simpler than it is, but <laughs> talk to your customers. Uh, that, that's the only way. Uh, talk to your customers before you, you do anything else uh, to, to figure out if, if they have problems. And then talk to the customers when you have a hypothesis and then talk to customers when you have something to show them uh, and do that continuously. That's, that's my tip. Mm. And as you're entering the Swedish market, I just have to ask you, what's, what's next for, for FreeTate in terms of product development and product launch? Um, so we're trying to be uh, trans as transparent as we can uh, with, with our customers. Uh, in the UK, we have a very active um, community where our customers can interact with us and, and with each other. Um, so what we're looking at right now is, is further international expansion, uh, where Sweden is, is the first uh, pond to dip our toe into. Um, in terms of features and products, uh, that's uh, still uh, something that's moving a bit. Uh, but we're, one thing that's for sure is we're always uh, listening to our customers. I have a couple of examples from the UK where uh, we saw that customers usually they're asking for for an expanded stock universe so more stocks to trade um and looking at the data we could quite easily see that some of the stocks that were uh, most traded in the uk market were not available on our platform and because of regulations that wasn't a super easy thing to fix but uh, we focused on it we did it and now it's uh, those instruments are some of the most popular ones on our platform um so you can rest assured that we're going to to build stuff that our customers need uh, and that's what we're going to focus on going forward as well in terms of roadmap super uh, and finally how do you if you're interested in investing in the in the stock market how do you where should you start and how how should you go go about doing that um <laughs> i need to be mindful of what i said I say because we're a regulated company uh but i would say start start learning um go and see what what uh, other people are are writing um there are a lot of a lot of good material online uh where you can learn about investing and and the benefits of it and and why you should do it um so i i won't say say to anyone go ahead and start <laughs> investing uh, I want to say, go ahead and learn about investing and then decide for yourself. Uh, but uh, our, our mission is to get everyone investing because we believe that for everyone to build long-term wealth, uh, that's what what you should do. Yeah. And, and I guess now it's it's more relevant than ever, seeing as, as uh, mortgage rates are going up and, and uh, society is a little bit shook up, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is that the best way of seeing it? Sort of trying to start out small and just just doing something in order to make sure that you you have a uh, you have savings to use in case something happens. Or uh, yeah, uh, th there are different theories about that, obviously. But but one thing that's for certain, like if you disregard from uh, from what's happening even right now, uh, there is always inflation, and and uh, that will eat up any money that's just sitting there. Uh, on your account uh, so the best way um, is to try to make that money grow somehow mm. um, and and doing that by regularly uh, long-term um, thinking in terms of how you use your savings uh, I, I think that's the way to go about it and and if I, I would never say invest in this or that but just 
mind that money sitting there will actually lose you money. Yeah, that's good advice and politically correct as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally, how do you learn more about free trade? If you if you listen to this podcast or just heard the name, where do you yeah. go from here just to find out more about the company? Uh, so obviously, for for any international uh, listeners, uh, especially UK users, head on over to our website and learn more. Um, for all the Swedes out there, uh, I would encourage you to to either follow the link in the episode details uh, or go to freetrade.io/se and ensure you you sign up to the waitlist to get some Swedish specific updates and possibly early access to the Swedish app if you're lucky. <laughs> Super, that's great. Uh, Lisa Vabel, it was great having you on. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. So. Uh, thanks for that, and uh, I hope to speak to you soon again. Likewise. Thank you, Jesper. You've been listening to an episode of a Roaring podcast by Roaring.io. Feel free to share it with your friend, colleague, or peer if you liked it. If you wish to stay connected to us, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.